It's Cardboard Time, episode number 41, and I am your host, Darwin Kathke, and we are live from my car. <laughs> this was basically the only uh, time that I could get something recorded and out, uh, so it is going to be very unedited, it is going to be very unscripted, and a little bit unorthodox, this I is think. raw, this is live, this is as close to coming to Origins with us as you can get. This is as close as you can get to uh, the post-con, like, I'm super excited for conventions and I can't wait to go back again. And I'm uh, also actively falling asleep because we're so tired. We're so, so, so tired. Um, the usual episode format, I am going to uh, kind of forego. So, uh, Beer of the Day and Shelf of Shame will return on the... Wow, there's a car that's going crazy. Um, yeah, see, you're going to get the full experience. I was going to say, replacing those replacing those things you're normally used to will be Arwen's really creative uh, on the road, like, cusses and stuff. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's live, and, and we want people to feel like they're a part of this and, and part of the experience. So, um, yeah, those normal features will be back, but we just wanted, because we were going to talk about Origins, and Jamie is here with me. Oh, hey, what's up? Yeah, <laughs> I, I could have introduced you sooner. It's cool. Um, but we, uh, you know, in, instead of just keeping the post-con uh, talking to ourselves, we thought that you, we would include you in on it as well, and plus it gets me out of my, you know, two-week obligation, so. I also feel like, I don't know about you, but I've already been getting people asking me, like, hey, what was the coolest thing about the con? What'd you like? How was it? How'd it go? Yeah, oh, tons. And I love answering those questions, but it's so much easier for me to be like, hey, check out this link. I already just, talked about this. Just go to episode 41 and you'll find out. Um, yeah, what a what a magical weekend Holy this moly. really was. It was so good. Um, I, I know that we have talked uh, like last time. Uh, one of the, one of the biggest episodes I get comments on was kind of our bonus episode uh, talking about Origins twenty twenty one. Well, here it is twenty twenty two, and hopefully we can get those same remarks again. We're a year older. We're a year more experienced. <laughs> I wouldn't um, say wiser. We're a year more degenerate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're, we're a year more old. That's that's one thing that we definitely are. And my body is feeling it right now. I refuse to acknowledge the fact that my body is too, because, you know, once you start thinking about it, it starts being real. And uh, that's not how I choose to live. Yeah, that's that's true. And, and I think once I get a good night's sleep tonight... Uh, yeah, maybe have a little bit easier day tomorrow. I think that I'll be recovered and ready to get back to uh, the grind of all of these games that are sitting in my trunk, in my back seat. I'm surprised that we don't have any at your feet, Jamie, although we did move the seat up. We had to really seriously consider leaving one of our suitcases behind all the clothes, getting rid of all of them for more board games. We did, we did leave the water. Because our priority is north. <laughs> yeah, you're sure, you're right, you're right. The, the water uh, made the ultimate sacrifice 
for uh, a bunch of a bunch more chip theory bags. Oh, so many <laughs> chip theory bags! Oh my god. Um, we will we will definitely talk about that. Um, so why don't why don't we get into the games? Um, let, let's talk about what our acquisitions were. Listen, I don't know about you, but I've been in the games for the past five days. I'm not out yet, so let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know from from my side, I have a list here of uh, things that I acquired. Um, I got uh, New York Pizza Delivery, which is something that I talked about on uh, the last episode, uh, being excited about picking up from Heirloom Games. Uh, Gift of Tulips and Studies in Sorcery from Weird Giraffe. I was looking forward to those. I uh, got to meet Carla Cobb in person, and that was pretty awesome. And the rest of the Weird Giraffe booth, um, you know, it was amazing amazing people we we love them we love their games there's just there's something about all of their games that really just kind of uh stand out there's there's just something a little bit different about them absolutely which we love uh i picked up fossilis finally from ktbg and uh, I'm going to throw out a bunch of letters because OFPG uh, has KTBG as a as a sponsor, and Fossilis was one that I was kind of on the fence about when it came out, and I really should have picked it up then. Um, but after meeting with KTBG and having a wonderful, wonderful sit down with them uh, about their company and their mission statement and how they operate, I think that. Uh, we're going to be hearing a little bit more from them uh, on the show in the future. So what you're saying is, thanks to OFPG, you got Fossilis from KTBG. Yes. And you want to play it ASAP. Yes. Okay. Yes, I do. Uh, one other thing that we had talked about, and Jamie, you got a copy of Creature Comforts. I sure from did. From KTBG. Uh, that is one that I don't believe has been on the show quite yet, um, but I feel like it's going to be on the show coming up. Oh, it absolutely will be on the show coming up. We have something like kind of in the in the in the in the in the wings, waiting in the wings for a little bit of a surprise regarding creature comforts. So yeah, yeah, get, I get a little hype. I'm very That's excited about that. I can't say anything right now, but. Uh, yeah, it's it's going to be pretty awesome. Reincarnated. Let us talk about oh, this. Man. And this we might get a little bit more into depth uh, talking about the mechanics and uh, review it because we actually had time to sit down with the game. Uh, this was from Doolittle Games and they're actually a local company to yeah. the Columbus area. Ohio natives. And, um, you know, Matt, one of our listeners, um, if he's listening, hi, Matt, um, clued us into this one. And Matt is uh, a pretty good friend of mine, and we've gamed. Um, and he said, we love, um, I should also mention his wife, Lori, geez, I almost forgot. Um, <laughs> they said, we love reincarnated it's a fantastic game you need to check it out whatever you do so we had our uh, media first look uh, right before anything else 
So basically the, the newest, hottest games that were coming out at uh, Origins, they had us come in uh, for a couple of hours and sit down before anybody else kind of take a look at them, uh, talk to the publishers, get some ideas about what they were and, and uh, you know, get, get some in-depth uh, time with them. So we, we actually did see them there and then we picked up our own copy. So uh, late at night, uh, we got a, a game of Reincarnated in and Jamie, what, what did you think of Reincarnated? I really liked it. I still need to spend some time with it before I really understand the nuance of it. Um, but I thought it was a really nice, it was an easy teach. It was really lightweight and, uh, but also, I mean, there was a little bit of depth of strategy, but like I said, I think getting to know the cards, I think will really unlock a lot of the potential of the game for people. Um, but it is something that's totally approachable by new players too. Yeah, and I really like the hidden victory conditions, although I feel like by the end of it, we, with a two-player game, we both knew what each other's victory conditions were. Yeah, I think it'll be a far different game with multiple players. Mm -hmm. And I think just, again, first blush, first time we even touch the cards, uh, my only worry is that, you know, as people get more experience with it, if you're playing with a new player, it might give them an un unfair advantage. But... Who knows? That remains to be seen. And speaking of touching the cards, the card quality Ooh. in that game, beautiful, luxurious. That luxurious. nice, oh, the that finish on them is absolutely wonderful. And, uh, oh, and the art's beautiful too. The art's beautiful. Uh, the graphic design is really well done. Uh, you know, very very straightforward in the iconography too. You get to you get to very see early easily see at a glance um, you know exactly what you're trying to do and and uh, the card lineup that you're drawing these cards from um, basically you're trying to evolve into different creatures and um, you get these different karma cards that have these different powers uh, and once you reincarnate as a different uh, animal or tree or whatever uh, you're going to reincarnate as, uh, you get some sort of special ability. And your scoring is based off of an individual hidden scoring condition that's actually hidden to you at the beginning of the game. So I thought that was kind of cool because you don't know necessarily what you're doing uh, right off at the bat. And there's ways of getting to see that pretty early, at least there, there was for us. Well, it's a really great equalizer because uh, I didn't know what I was doing by the end of the game, so, you know, it gave me a little bit of a, a little bit of a grace period before you picked up the strategy and beat my butt anyway, so. Yeah, yeah it was, it was uh, definitely a little bit lopsided, um, but <laughs> not as much as I was expecting. I mean, I was really rolling and I had stuff going on. I knew that I wanted to end it. And that was another thing that I really liked about it was the fact that you're able to kind of control the pace of the game as a player. So if you feel like you want to accelerate the end game, you can. Um, and it's all a matter of, am I ready to end this? Um, do I feel like I have a position that I can, I can go and I can end this and win? So I love games that do that. This does a lot of things really well. Um, 
you know, and, and again, in a very small package. So that, uh, that I really like. The other part I really enjoyed about it, and I don't know, this was likely a show special, uh, but we did manage to nab two copies for $40, which is a good price point. Mm -hmm. I think normally it's 25, which is still a fantastic price point for what they offered. And uh, based on the little teasers they gave us about the upcoming expansions, it seems like they're going to be moving into cryptids and mythical creatures and all yeah. sorts of really fun stuff that they're going to add to the game. Uh, so I really do think there's a uh, there's a little bit of a, a, a runway to this that that will only increase the you know the perceived value of the game. Yeah, and I think it as you get more cards in there and as you get a little bit more variety in um, you know your card lineup. It's going to change up the game pretty significantly in, in, in probably a good way. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what they have in mind with that. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was really a good pickup. So thanks again to Matt and Lori for that suggestion. I'm really glad that we had that because uh, you definitely steered us in the right direction. Well, let's talk about 25th century games for, for a minute. And uh, we, we spent a little bit of time and money there. Um, I picked up uh, Green Team Wins, uh, Sunny Day Sardines, Gartenbau, and Kohaku Deluxe Edition. So my Kohaku story, I loved Kohaku. I think I may have done a review of it. Uh, on the show before, but I really love this game. It is a uh, relatively smaller box game. It, you know, it's it's not going to take up your standard footprint size. I'd say it's maybe you know what a quarter of what a normal oh, size yeah, box yeah, would be. Definitely. So there was a deluxe edition uh, that I wasn't able to get my hands on for the longest time. And we were waiting on hearing about Gartenbau. It was one of the uh, games that I had had kind of on my list to see uh, and check out. And we actually got into the, the vendor hall an hour early. Yes, we did. So that definitely helped us, uh, you know, get some things done fairly uh, quickly. And while we were waiting for Gartenbau, we uh, talked to a... a nice man. I think his name was Andrew. I believe that was right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he said, have you heard about Kohaku? And I said, <laughs> oh, believe me, I know. I said, I'm just kicking myself in the butt that I'm not able to get myself a deluxe copy. And he goes, how bad do you want it? And they found four and they sold them out at the con. And I was lucky enough to get my hands on one of those four. It was so amazing. Like, I, I could not believe that I finally have this. I haven't opened it yet. I'm waiting to get it home. Uh, probably do a little bit of prep work to it before I play with it. Uh, probably, I, I think I have to spray paint it with, like, clear acrylic to really um, try to you know, increase the longevity of it because this thing's going to get to the table quite a bit. Well, and the best part of it was that I got your old copy. Yes. Yes, exactly. And it was one of the few games we actually got to play this trip. Yeah. I really liked it. Yeah. It, it's, it's a really, really solid tile placement game. Extremely easy to teach. Oh yeah. Um, and very, very satisfying, um, 
you know, you can pick it up extremely quickly, so... Very calming. Yes, it's a very chill game. It is. So, uh, green team wins. We've we've talked about quite a bit um, already, you know, coming out of PAX U. It was a game that I was <laughs> really happy with. Uh, we play tested into the wee hours of the morning. Oh with, my gosh. With all sorts of wonderful people. Definitely one of the highlights of PAX. Yeah, it definitely was. And we got it out uh, a few times during uh, the convention. <laughs> Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit when we start talking about the people that uh, we ran into, uh, acquaintances and friends new and old. Um, but yeah, we, we got that out and uh, that was a good pickup. I wasn't sure whether or not it was going to be at the convention or not. And then uh, Sunny Day Sardines was a little pocket game that we were able to pick up. Uh, you know, they, they had a coupon that was... $40 or more in spend, you got this little free game, and I didn't pay it much attention to begin with. I said, oh, it's neat. It's a little pocket game and a little tin, and I thought it was pretty neat. It's super charming, and the guy that uh, that helped Arwen out with the uh, Koaku Deluxe Edition was wearing this lovely foam trucker hat that had Sunny Day Sardines uh, logo on it. So, like, it immediately sold you on this aesthetic right off the bat, which is great because that's exactly how the game is presented as soon as you open up this tin. Um, it's like the size of a sardine can. Uh, the only thing it's missing is the little rolling top. Yes. And uh, you open it up to a handful of cards, like no bigger than a deck of regular cards uh, in both number and size. And uh, each of the cards has uh, either, you know, full size sardines on them of different colors or uh, what look to be like segmented sardines of various colors as well. And the whole point of the game is you are gathering sardines and then fulfilling orders uh, on the segmented cards and just putting them on your on your side of the table, taking, uh, taking sardine cards from, I guess, like a market of sorts. And then, um, you know, like exchanging those sardines for the order cards and just trying to do your best to score the most amount of points. Um, there was a surprising level of complexity that was introduced uh, once you started realizing that like saving up for the higher point cards was good, but you never know if paying for one of the lower point cards would then reveal you know, another higher point card that was easier to get. And uh, sometimes we would kind of snipe a higher point card out from underneath each other so, it, you know, it wasn't the most complex game in the world, but for a free game, uh, you know, it was it was wonderful. And I think my favorite part of the whole game is that the winner gets a little card that says Sunny Day Sardines Employee of the Month. Uh, so, <laughs> again, it just continues with this really cute and fun little, you know, narrative presentation. Um, and, I mean, it's definitely going to be a purse game for me or a backpack game. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a fun one for, you know, playing around the campfire or something like that. It's, it's nothing, nothing too crazy, but it's fun. Yeah, it was, it was a nice little bonus for, you know, a $40 purchase. I, I thought that it was a nice little pickup and, and one that, uh, didn't seem like a throwaway. It was, no, definitely it, not. it has some meat on its bones and, but I also think you're, forgetting the most important purchase we made at 25th Century, 
uh, which is the Green Team Wins Fanny Pack that we both oh, bought. Oh, yeah. That very specifically is capable of carrying the entire Green Team uh, Green Team Wins game in it. Yes. So it was designed to be uh, of a similar volume to the components of the game so that you could carry it around in your Green Team Wins Fanny Pack, which is just wonderful. And a, a very... I would say 90s, oh, early yeah. 90s-esque uh, kind of theme or it, feel to it. It would not be out of place in a Jazzercise video. Yeah, yeah. I was definitely getting those vibes from it. And then Gartenbau was uh, definitely one that I had had my eyes on for quite a while. And, uh, you know, once it hit the BGG preview uh, list, I wanted to make sure that I took a look at it. A uh, very aesthetically pleasing game. Uh, you're laying down these uh, tiles, these little kind of seed, seedling tiles, and then you uh, basically use those seedlings, a group of uh, two uh, seedlings, to make a larger uh, flower. And then you are going to take two of those and make a large uh, flower tree. Um, and that is going to give you a specific scoring condition based on the adjacent area. So, um, I thought it had a really unique mechanic to it, which really drew me in other than the, the aesthetics, of course, but, uh, the fact that you're, uh, constantly evolving your tableau with different scoring conditions and then those scoring conditions scoring off of what you surrounded that tile with, I thought sounded very, very intriguing. The part that really stood out the most to me was that there was a very, uh, there was a lot of thought put into how the components interact with one another, uh, which isn't like super uncommon, I wouldn't say, but for whatever reason, the way that the game is designed and the way that it plays and the way that you're overlaying tiles upon one another, it was really satisfying to see how they all fit together very, very nicely in a clean way. And it kind of, it kind of served to further the point that um, it's a, the type of game that gets more beautiful the longer the game is played, mm -hmm. and that is very intentional because that is that is really the draw of the game. I think. Yeah, just this evolving garden that you have in front of you, yep. and and really getting that variety and that color in front of you is, mm -hmm. is very aesthetically pleasing. So that was the 25th century booth. And then uh, talking to Thunderworks, uh, I got my map pack. So uh, the fifth and sixth map pack for cartographers, that was like a must buy. Yeah, I definitely got my map packs too. Yeah, you um, got... Uh, <laughs> Got a little bit more than that. I got a lot bit Man. more than that. I went all in. I yeah. went all in on the collector's edition. I bought all the map packs. They were like, how about this uh, cool neoprene mat? And I'm like, throw it on the pile. Let's do it. Well, look, I, you know, I, I think Cartographers, we can both agree, is one of the games that we are readily able to get out at just about any time. Yep. And any place, too, really. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you're only limited in number of players by the amount of papers you have, which is also really good. Yeah, you can always buy more map packs. Right, and it's great because for me, you know, when we have game nights and we have everyone and their spouses or partners or dogs or cats over, 
we always run into trouble with having a limit to how many people can play a game, and then you're just stuck playing party games, which is fine. Sometimes you want something a little more complicated. Mm-hmm. So, you know. And it bridges that gap really well, yep. you know, being the the quintessential verb and write uh, game that you're... <laughs> that, right. that I think that <laughs> Sorry, was... Sorry, that was a comment that uh, we had talked about. We'll bring up later when we talk about our favorite things yeah. that happened. One of, <laughs> one of our friends... <laughs> doesn't doesn't like the the term blank and right so um yeah yeah there <laughs> there were some discussions that were had we'll, we'll just say that um but yeah i mean any cartographer's map packs i'm i'm gonna be in on and um you know looking forward to getting those out to the table uh so and then uh i saw that they had the expansion for uh World Player Adventures, which is one that I had had my eyes on. I was just going to play it normally, and talking to Keith Majedka from uh, Thunderworks, we actually found out that you kind of have to have it integrated with the game because of how it works, and it just sprinkles uh, everything in really nicely. So as you're going on, uh, this lore is kind of added throughout the story, so it's spread out uh, it's not like a little separate adventure, kind of what I thought it was. So, um, yeah, they they got me on that one, and and I figured since I hadn't played it, I might as well just start off with the expansion in there and, and throw that extra lore in there. Speaking of role player, uh, you... I was going to bring this up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I uh, actually managed to get a copy of role player, and it was really fun to sit across the table from the guy who literally made the game while he was eating a brownie and saying, hi, I just picked up your game. <laughs> and he's like, cool. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think uh, I think that relationship kind of warmed as, it did, as it we, did. It blossomed. we went through the weekend. You know, he's, he's meeting a, a couple of new ladies uh, <laughs> out at... Randos he wasn't uh, expecting you know, to find. Rando ladies part. hanging out at the, at the table with his team. But we'll get to that later. Um, no spoilers. Actually, very many spoilers. That was a lot of spoilers. Yeah, it was. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was that was Thunderworks, and I had everything else that, that they have, pretty much. So, it, um, other than that, it was it was pretty much uh, just keeping up with the Joneses at that point, and uh, making sure that I had the latest and greatest. So, we also uh, had a very large uh, large box and bag uh, that are in in both of our uh, shelves now. This was not one I went there intending to buy. Yeah. Uh, but after Arwen picked it up and I kept thinking to myself, well, you know, these people are so good to us and, you know, it's only, it's only right that I support my friend's business. It's not about needing we the we game. Good I mean, it, it's totally about needing the game. Well, yes. We we had a conversation where Arwen was like, "Well, you know, I'll have it, so we can play together." And I go, "Arwen, how often does that really happen?" Yeah, I try to talk her out of it, and she wasn't having it. So, just as a matter of public record, <laughs> I did try to talk you out of it. You did, and you know what? I'm proud of myself because I resisted for about five minutes. You did you five did. whole minutes. Um. We have we have heard 
nothing but amazing things about this game. And there's been a lot of previews. I know Mick from OFPG has done one, and he has just enjoyed this game so incredibly much. Um, and that is uh, Burn Cycle. This was uh, this was a game that uh, was kind of on my radar. I, I've got a lot of uh, too many bones on the way, uh, but this was one that just looks like it's going to be really, really amazing. Also, I just got to throw this out there because it's not going to surprise anybody, but the brass minis they have for it look so good. Oh, amazing. I don't even know if I want to paint them. They just look so good, but of course I'm probably going to. Um, anyway, that's not the point of that. I am uh, really, really excited for this game just because, you know, I also have too many bones. I have a couple expansions of it. It doesn't get to the table that often. But I do think that this one might, um, just because I think the gameplay's a little more contained. It's a little less RPG style, I think, mm -hmm. from what I've seen. Yep. Um, so it's a little less commitment from the player. It's really just show up and play rather than, oh, you have to pick a character, and then you gotta play that character, and you know, like, whatever. Um, also, you know, I heard somebody come up with a very funny name for this game in, in the con, and uh, yeah. we were hearing it all weekend, so, yeah. you know, whoever that person is, very witty, but also, you know, a little a little in poor taste, you know? Yeah, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to withhold that information. Definitely wasn't one of us. Yeah, wasn't one of us at Def all. Specifically not me, it wasn't me that said it. It, it well, I think the origination was, um... Kind of, kind of one of the people that we might talk about later. Okay, fair. And then fair. there was there was a spur off of that <laughs> as well. So we're we're just gonna leave it at we'll that. Get to it. We'll I get think to it. some as much as I like divulging, um, you know what happened and uh, sharing with our audience, we have to have a couple of inside jokes. That's right for us. That's right. Uh, so I, I think we're gonna keep that one okay, for ourselves. Okay, fair, fair, fair. So it's like you, me, and like a lot of the people that we're gonna talk about <laughs> in a few minutes. Um, yeah, so so there there were some other games that we uh, did get uh, today that weren't on my list uh, either. And uh, Old London Bridge was one of those from Queen Games. Um, what a table presence that that game has. It really did. It really did. And I, I this game, okay, so <laughs> there is a subset of games in my head that I kind of think of as, like, games that I know uh, I'm going to end up playing, but I would have never picked up by myself. Mm -hmm. um, because when Arwen suggests a game to me, I do not question it whatsoever. I just pick it up and play it because I know it's going to be good. Um, and this one, you know, her instinct definitely kicked in when we were in the media first look. I was very much tuned out because I have a hard time paying attention to rules. I learn as I play. Uh, but to echo what you said, the board presence alone was like really, really cool. So it was, it was interesting to see that at least, you know, ooh shiny. Um, but I do, I do really look forward to trying this because I think you're. Like I said, I think your instinct is on to something here. Yeah, and, and I'm always attracted to a 3D component. Um, I think that's no secret. I've made mention of that quite a few times on the show before. 
that I really, really like a nice, um, nice, well-produced 3D element that I can interact with. I'm a very spatial person being an engineer, so those kinds of things really excite me, uh, really grab my attention, and at least get me to take a second look at a game. Uh, and this one seems really interesting. You're, you're basically putting buildings um, in order, and there's a little, it's not necessarily a rondelle, um, you know, system per se, but there's a little bit of, of something similar uh, that's going on. I'd say it's maybe between a rondelle and the um, mechanic from Tenpenny Parks where you have your discounts on your tiles. Um, I think that it, it's very similar to that. And when I do uh, the review of it, I will definitely uh, kind of explain that a little bit better once I get my hands on it kind of digest it a little bit more. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about that. Uh, I'm also excited about uh, finally getting to play uh, Knit of Valir, and I'm hoping I'm saying that uh, correct, uh, from uh, Hashtag Games. I'm really, really looking forward to that. I've heard a lot of amazing things. And uh, while we were looking at that, uh, Danny Lowe uh, also mentioned that uh, in the palm of your hand is a really cool um, Dixit looking game, uh, but basically where uh, people have to guess a, a correct card. So something in the vein of Dixit or Mysterium. Um, but the, the components, the way that you get people to guess is that your guesser is going to close their eyes and then some um, their partner is going to uh, use objects to kind of trace out a story for them that's going to pertain to a card. And then the other team has to select a red herring card. Um, so it, it seems really unique and very different. Uh, I'm looking forward to actually just playing this with Allie and, you know, seeing if, uh, seeing if we can get it to the table pretty quickly. Uh, I think this will be one that she likes. I think uh, you and Rachel like this one as well. Um, I also really want to uh, to shout Danny out for explaining this to us. Because yeah. it was kind of an abstract game uh, that she said, you know, she's surprised more people aren't, aren't focused on because of how unique it is. But the way that uh, she described it to us was that um, you know, the kind of the narrative behind the whole thing is that a, a child goes up into his grandfather's attic and finds a box of mementos. And the mementos are the objects that you use to convey what is on the cards. Um, you know, obviously they're little plastic and, and like cloth components, but just the, the, um, the imagery behind that is like really fun. And, and, you know, one thing that we said was that it, it kind of, it kind of conveys like a really non-committal form of intimacy between the players, which I think is really cool. And it'll it'll probably create kind of a really interesting experience when you play it with somebody that you're not super close with. Mm -hmm. But it'll still provide this, like, I don't know, this element of teamwork that isn't necessarily present in a lot of co-op games because there's not that direct partnership. Yeah, and, and one thing that I do really like that it does is... Um, Back to your point of intimacy between people who don't necessarily know each other. 
Um, there's no direct touching. It's all done through objects. So there's, there's a little bit of that barrier that, you know, people might have about uh, touching hands or, you know, making that physical contact. There's an object uh, that's kind of doing that. So I, I think that does bring down that barrier a little bit. And, and I've really, I think that that's a really cool thing that it does. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how it is. I'm excited. It seems yeah, like a really too. special game. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really, I'm really eager to, you know, to get to spend some time with it because I really do think there's, there's something there, you know? Well, and, and after, you know, looking through my collection of games that I've played, I have, uh, I believe I've played over a thousand at this point and you get to see the same recurring themes over and over again. You get to see area control, you know, you get to see worker placement, you get to see bidding and auctions and stuff like that. Right. And I always like something that does something unique. Yeah, like when X mechanic really succeeds well in the newest Arc Nova or something like that, a lot of other games tend to use that because it sort of becomes the zeitgeist of the gaming industry. So it's really nice to see when people take kind of a a complete opposite approach to that and just try something else. Yeah, and then uh, I finally picked myself up a copy uh, because it was on sale at uh, Capstone Games. I picked myself up a copy of New York Zoo, um, the Uwe Rosenberg, I believe, uh, latest polyomino game, uh, one of 8,057. But it looks really cool. Uh, it does some unique things. Uh, I've heard a lot of really good about it, and it's super cute. So um, looking forward to getting that one to the table. And there was another one that was at that table uh, that I picked up. Stick it. Stick it. Yes. Yes. Fortunately, Jamie's here to uh, kind of remind <laughs> me of what I bought. Um, neat little uh, trick-taking game. It was one of those impulse buys at the register that uh, Taylor Shuss had uh, mentioned that we needed to check out and uh, take a look at. So um, looking forward to, to getting that out. I think uh, trick-taking is kind of one of those mechanics that's really grown on me uh, when I see a game that does it very well. So that was that was cool. Um, Jamie accompanied me to the math trade. That was your very first kind of being involved in it. And it was my first actually participating in the math trade and not just the flea market aspect uh, to it. So um, I got uh, some games from there as well. And I actually did a TikTok video. It was like my first TikTok. I was very proud. It was my second. You did great. I was very proud of myself uh, for for getting on with the hip young kids and, <laughs> and doing the, the TikToks and the whatnots. Um, but one way that you can really save money at a convention is by going into your math trade or flea market. Uh, some places might even have an auction that you can go and, and uh, kind of either buy or sell games. So you might be able to get a little extra cash, uh, like in, in my case, uh, or you can uh, get some really good games in exchange, especially when it comes to the math trade. 
Uh, for those of you who don't know what a math trait is, math trait is essentially a system that you put in what you're willing to part with. You assign it a value that you are willing to part with it for. Uh, you can also put a um, monetary value too. Um, I mean, everything's, there's a trade value and then there's an actual monetary value that you can just say, I would, if you gave me $20 cash, I would let this go. Um, and then the system matches you with people who are willing to do the same thing. Uh, you know, get rid of something uh, that you want. So you put in all of your wanted items and what you would be willing to uh, pay for them, essentially, or trade in value of your own games for them. So there's an algorithm that handles that. You're not necessarily directly trading peer-to-peer. -peer. You may be trading in a chain where uh, I might give somebody uh, one game and they'll give somebody another game and they'll give somebody another game. And that just kind of wraps around um, to where you will get something for what you're trading. Uh, sometimes you just get straight up cash uh, in like in my case, I got, you know, a decent amount of cash. I think I wound up with between flea market sales and uh, the math trade. I think I wound up with about $180, which is pretty, pretty awesome. It's a good way to get some stuff. So well, it's not often back. you can go into a con and say that you made money. Right, exactly. Well, instead of just spending it. Right. Um... So as far as what I got, uh, I did get Euphoria and its expansion. That is a game that I've had my eye on for so long, and it was finally time to uh, to get it. I it, it's basically a worker placement game where you're trying to build a uh, dystopian society, and you have to build it well, like educating your workers and that. But you don't want to do it too well uh, because then they'll start a revolt. And, uh, yeah, it, it seems like a very, very interesting game. Uh, Race for the Galaxy, Alien Artifacts expansion for a amazing, amazing game uh, that I absolutely love. Uh, the Witch Trial expansion to Lawyer Up, they'll change the mechanics up significantly to that game. Um, you know, I, I've talked about Lawyer Up a couple of times on the podcast, and it's just a really, really solid two-player tug-of-war game. Um, Emos War is one that I had had my eye on a few times and uh, finally will uh, be getting to my table at some point. Uh, Gun Kimono, Five Tribes is one that uh, Roberta Lopez uh, from Sheer Boredom, who we'll be talking about in a little bit, uh, recommended to me and said, you know, how have you not played this? Come on, you gotta play this game, it's amazing. Uh, so that was kind of one of the games at the top of my wish list that I really wanted uh, because it came with such a high recommendation for him. So I needed to uh, make sure I picked that up. Kingsport Festival, um, you know, it, it's one that's kind of a reskin of an old uh, classic game that's a favorite that my mind is slipping on right now. It's been a long weekend. Um, but uh, it's, it's like a Cthulhu version of that. 
And then uh, Lot Ewa is a Steffenfeld game, so of course, you know, I didn't put too much on that, but uh, I, I did wind up picking it up, and uh, you know, it's a Steffenfeld, so how can you go wrong with that? Uh, yes, I am a fangirl. Kingsburg is the name. Kingsburg, yes. Yes, thank you, Jamie. You're welcome. Um, Kingsburg is is a very big favorite of mine, and I'm willing, or I, I really want to see what uh, what Kingsport Festival is going to bring to that. Uh, Jamie, being your first math trade and, and your first real experience with it, what did you think? Well, I think you made out like a bandit, but it was also yes. really fun. The chaos of it was exciting, and you know, everybody walking around looking for each other, and I don't know, it was just kind of fun. It was it was cool to be a part of that whole churn, and the interesting thing to me that I think I feel I noticed was that the people that were there for the math trade and the uh, flea market were not people I remember seeing in the hall, which yeah. is really funny. Um, chances are they were playing games, um, but, you know, still, it, it was like, there were a few faces I recognized from the math trade for the rest of the weekend, but Generally speaking, I didn't see any of those people. There, um, there are definitely people that will come in directly for the math trade and then leave. Wild. It's kind of crazy. It's cool, though. I mean, it was a really, really cool experience. And frankly, I think I'll probably be doing it the next time I go to a con. Um, I just think it's a really great way to turn your old games into new games. Next time that you go to a con in 52 days it, from well, the yeah. recording date of... Yeah. 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 Maybe. I don't really have any games I want to put up there, but I will. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I I probably will have uh, some games to trade myself. Nobody's going to want the doo-doo games I've got. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the old doo-doo games. The old doo-doo games. You would be surprised. That's Somebody true. bought the McDonald's game. The McDonald's game. game, which apparently is pretty good. Yeah. That's, that that's what we heard. He just said that his wife didn't like it, so... Poor guy. Oh well. Yeah, sometimes you gotta get rid of those things and it's get some shelf compromise. space. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's doing the thing. So any anything, any other takeaways from from the math trade? Um, not in particular. It did really seem like a great idea for somebody who may run a board game cafe or might be interested in running a board game cafe, because it seems like you can really get your hands on some games for uh, very little money. And uh, outside of that, you know, I don't necessarily want to encourage people to, uh, to, you know, maybe ruin a mastery by, by doing that sort of thing and making that the popular way to do it. But I do want to point out that, like, it really truly is a great way to reinvest in your hobby, um, which is something I always try to impress upon at my store, which is, you know, like, if you can find ways to mitigate the cost of new of new things to you by getting rid of your old things, I think that's a great idea. And I think the fact that somebody's facilitating that and making it easier on everyone, super cool. And I think one of the things that really always stood out to me is that uh, both of these, both the flea market and the math trade, are, are run by people who just volunteer to run it. It's not an organization that sets up, you know, this, this big elaborate thing. It's literally somebody that says we'll use the software to go and and run this mm-hmm. um or in the case of the flea market we'll just go to bgg and as long as you put in your sales into bgg and give them their 
you know, 3%, uh, we're good. We'll call it square. And I, I think that a big debt of gratitude is, is owed to them. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, for, for doing what they do. It, it's always a fun, uh, little activity that we get to do, uh, during origins. And it's one that I look forward to cause it, it does kind of clear the shelves out a little bit. Um, I've gotten to the point that I have started to get that backlog of games that I needed to get rid of. And I won't have a huge amount probably to trade at, uh, Gen Con, but uh, I'll still probably participate. Just a fun time. Yeah. Yeah. So let's move on to the people and the events uh, that we we had over the weekend. And, and this is, I've said it before and I'll say it again. This is the reason that we go to conventions. It's apparently not to play games because we hardly did any of that over the weekend. Um, it is literally to go in and um, meet up with people and hang out and uh, see people and get to see those old friends. And, um, you know, I think that, that that's, that's one of the reasons that we, we really went to Origins this year. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It, it, it's, it's kind of difficult to explain how con friends feel, how they make you feel, because it's these people who are incredibly important to you for five days, and then you have to spend the next X amount of days not seeing them and just trying to keep that friendship kind of stoked on uh, social media. So it's a weird relationship in our in our modern world, but it is really, really great to get to see these people and spend time with them. And I think I think kicking it off with an event like that is, you know, always good. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it always just kind of renews and rekindles mm-hmm. that friendship, and it's somebody that you haven't seen in a while. Right, so, so it kind of breaks that ice a little bit. Yeah. You you want to get get back into things with them. You want to know what they've been up to and what they've been doing, you know, and for a certain amount of that, you already know because you've been hanging out on social media and and following them and seeing what their accomplishments have been. And, um, you just get to, it's like you said, a very, very weird relationship, but a good one, I would say. Um, so I, I would say we should start this off with uh, with the mixer on Friday. That was pretty cool. That was really cool. I like that they set aside some time for us to kind of uh, both do the media first look and the ability to just sort of mingle with other creators. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that was a great way to get to know people uh, and also spend time with people we already know but haven't seen in a while. Um, without having to also contend with uh, our attentions by meeting with developers and people who are trying to sell their games. Um, You know, so it was a great opportunity because, you know, we got to speak to people like Rich and Roberto that we haven't seen in a while and just sort of reestablish that relationship and then meet new people like Ash and Misty from Queer Tabletop and, you know, like other people that 
we have never encountered before that are right in our own backyard, you know? Yeah, and, um, you know, Kim from Tabletop Rebellion, I saw that day and then today, (laughs) and that was it. Like, I didn't see her the rest of the time (laughs) during the convention. And, um, you know, it it was just nice to have that ability to um to get to talk shop a little bit you know what are your challenges um you know what what goals do you have what are you trying to accomplish well and it kind of led to a conversation that i'm still sort of rolling around in my head uh with with tina at dragon shield today um she was not somebody we saw at the content creator thing but she is herself a content creator um but, you know, this idea that, like, maybe there can be a central place where we can all communicate and, you know, share those solves that we've had for those problems. So, you know, like, I think it's really great that Gamma created the space for that sort of thing because it does allow for capitulation into new realms like that that really are just going to increase the quality of content that all these people are going to be putting out just by sheer effort of collaboration. Yeah, and... Speaking of Gamma and, and what they, they brought to the table this time, I will say that uh, the media experience, like you said, there were some great events. Uh, you had the first look, you had the uh, speed, um, not dating, but networking, You know where you would go from table to table and talk with publishers and, and get to uh, make that connection very early on. Uh, originally, we were going to go down Wednesday just to go and play games and hang out. And that's, I, that's funny. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. That that did not happen. Um, but I I think... Oh. That was interesting. Your car got angry. Yeah, my car got very angry at me. Um, I, I think that that's so key is getting that done and out of the way early so that you are able to go and make those connections and have those conversations during the rest of the weekend and be able to have those dialogues and really by the end of the weekend have a nice relationship where if you're a good fit for somebody, um, you're going to go and and you're going to have something set up. Um, You're going to go and before you leave, you're going to have kind of a plan of what you would like to do with somebody. Um, and there's always meetings and we did, again, we did our meetings early, uh, thinking that we were going to get them out of the way and be done with everything, which, yeah. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Again. (laughs) Uh, that, that did, that did not happen. Um, but having those events was, was really awesome. I'm really glad that, uh, I, had already planned on being down there Wednesday and I guess Tuesday's the new Wednesday. So <laughs> I got to see when I, when I book the room for next year, um, whether I want to go down on Tuesday. Yeah, before you know it, Gamma is going to be a whole month long. It's going to, yeah, Origins is just going to be life. Right. We're, we're just going to live it. We're just, well, also Gamma, but. So tired. Um, yeah, Jamie's tired. I'm tired. Um, the brain no work. Brain no function. Um, but yeah, and, and, um, the other thing that was set up for us was, uh, interview space. Yeah. Uh, and there was, there was a little bit of a communication issue that came up, um, which 
uh, leads me to my first interview that we did uh, with Taylor Schuss, uh, who did um, Stonewall Uprising, uh, produced by Catastrophe Games. And, you know, I, I've talked on and on about this game, but we were supposed to be up in the skybox. We, there was some miscommunication that happened. Uh, and basically, we sat down in front of Crimson Cup Coffee Shop and just chatted. So we had some background noise. I haven't been able to listen to the audio on a computer yet, but uh, I think from the preview that I got out of um, my Zoom H6, I think that it's gonna be good. And I'm really kind of proud of that. I think that it, it really lended a little bit of atmosphere. Yeah, it's going to add a little ambiance so that if you couldn't come to Origins, you can at least listen to the interview with Taylor Schuss and feel like you were there with us. Yeah. And then the second interview was one that we just did today uh, with a company called Foreteller. Uh, they do uh, audio narration for board games and audio shows, etc. And it's an amazing story. I I cannot wait to bring this story to everybody because I, I think it's just so unique. Um, it's got those aspects of accessibility, um, you know, and, and diversity that we do try to explore regularly on the show. And they've also got this plucky attitude that we love to see in yes. smaller, smaller developers and teams. They have that real agile, like new kid on the block vibe to them. And you can tell that they're all super passionate about what they do. I think my favorite pull quote from that was when Thomas said that they had a balanced party. I really do yes. think, as much as he said it as a joke, I really do think that's the truth. They have they have such a tight ship based on what five people they said that are in their company, and I really do have faith that they're gonna be they're gonna be a pretty well known name in the RPG space in no time. Yeah, and I think from a uh, board gaming perspective, they already are. They've mm -hmm. they've gotten to to be a pretty well known name within our community. So yeah, that those were the two interviews that we got done. Um, There's an object on road ahead. Thank you, <laughs> thank you for telling me that. Um, hopefully, we can avoid this object that's on the road. Um, if not, you'll you'll hear it. Yep, you'll hear it. <laughs> If all of a sudden you just hear a, a bunch of uh, swerving and screaming, you'll know that we did not miss the object on the road. <laughs> um, but yeah, getting getting back to the people, um, you know, the late night stuff oh that gosh. we did. Um, so so Wednesday night we went out with uh, the gang from Chip Theory, and. We love every single one of them. Every single one, and we've said this on the show before, is a fantastic person. You know, whether that's Heather or Josh or Andrew, you know, anybody, Amanda, um, Brian. Salem. Salem. Okay, forget and, Salem. And, and chief of them all. Yeah. Mr. Chesney. Yes. Yes. The, the Ches. It is not... It is not something we keep too close to the chest, our bias and love for the Chip Theory crew, uh, for if for no other reason than the fact that they are our home base whenever we go to cons, because they are just the finest, the finest group of people you will likely ever meet in the industry. Um, and, and a lot of that is due to the fact that their leadership is so good. Yeah. And, um, 
you know, frankly, the, the, the hand selected quality of their, uh, of their reps is, is truly unparalleled. Um, so our, our major thanks and kudos go out to them for being a class act as always. Um, you know, but we, we ended up meeting them at a, a really cool little place called the, the Forge Tavern, was it? Yeah, I think it was the Forge Tavern. Uh, and it was this really awesome little uh, kind of pub-style uh, board game ca- uh, bar, rather. Um, they had the longest table in the in the room, which is very typical for them. Um, all just sitting around having a couple drinks, some dinner, and just sort of, you know, rin- rinsing off, as it were, the day's events of, uh, of, of woe in that they're their booth connectors uh, were were missing and they had to kind of pivot and make do with what they had, which they did a wonderful job. So uh, it was it was great to see them all. I think they were welcoming some new members, which was also really great because we mm-hmm. got to know those people over the span of the of the uh, convention. And it really did kind of kick off uh, a week of late nights that we did not see coming uh, in the best way, in the best way, um, you know, because again, everybody's working. Yep. Everybody's tired and sore and ready to play games, but still tired, which really, really just makes everyone very loopy, very slap happy, uh, punch drunk, if you will. With Without drinking any alcohol. No, not a drop. So then Thursday, we uh, went and got beers. Um, Where, oh, Hoof Hearted Brewery. Sorry, Hoof Hoof Hearted. Hoof Hearted. Hoof Hearted Brewery. Hoof Hearted. Hoof Hearted. Hoof Hearted. Um, pronunciation is a thing. It was Patrick Swayze night, too. It was. Um, Tim, Tim Vernig from Thunderworks did his research, because we had talked and he said, you know, we want to go out for beers. We need to go out. We need to hang out with you. And we loved him. He's wonderful. Uh, the the whole staff that we hung out with is is absolutely wonderful and and fantastic people. Um, I I think this is gonna go for just about anybody that we talk about. Um, otherwise, we wouldn't be talking about him. But really fantastic people in this industry, and I I feel incredibly fortunate that we get to hang out with people and have beers and play games and you know at the end of the day again you are just dealing with somebody that also happens to make board games um also happens to be part of the industry and and that to me is an important distinction so we get there and um they have a champagne toast to Patrick Swayze just at random. Well, and the beauty of it is that they timed out Dirty Dancing uh, so that the scene in which the the lift occurs in the middle of the dance lands exactly on 8 o'clock and everyone lifts their glasses into the air and cheers to uh, to Patrick Swayze. Yeah. Yeah, it's... It was, it was wonderful. It was, it was really magical. I really... That's that that strange stand out. place. Strange yeah. and unique place. They've got a pool. They do have They a just pool. have a random ass pool that you can just go and jump in and, yep. and hang out. Um, which, everything there was just so eclectic from 
the artwork to the fact that they had a damn pool. Um, it was just wild. I loved it. Um, so yeah, hanging out with the Thunderworks guys, um, getting some beers with, with Tim and them and, uh, having some laughs and just enjoying ourselves. Both those nights, we didn't get any games played. We did. We got one game played, and it was Green Team. Oh, it was Green Team. We did. We did play Green Team. We got to play uh, Green Team for the, the first the time. Bar. So that was that was good. At least we got to do something. I was uh-huh. selling ourselves short. Yeah, you were. You were. Um. So yeah, and then uh, the other two nights, we uh, we got to hang out with our good friend Ray from CGE. We love her to death. If you aren't subscribed to their Twitch, you should really, really go catch one of her streams. She is do it now. Supremely talented and extremely good to her community, and and really, really, truly mean this. Uh, and something that we talked at length about. I really do think she's kind of setting the bar for a really a new frontier, as it were. I mean, that sounds a little dramatic, but like a new frontier of this industry. Uh, a lot of people are looking to CGE for their forward thinking in hiring an in-house streamer. And I really do think it's going to shake things up a little bit. I'd love to see that kind of content coming from other bigger companies like that. Uh, because it really just does showcase some of their better products in a really in a more sincere way. It's almost like you're just chilling there playing with them, which is great because not everybody has, you know, friends available at their beck and call to play games with. So, you know, it's 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 really great. But Outside of that, it was wonderful to hang out with Ray. Um, what was it, Thursday and Friday night? Mm-hmm. We, we were we were fortunate and, and um, excited to spend some time uh, playing some games. We actually went out to Barley's with her and Court from Cosmos and Things. Yes. That was really great too. Who was another person we had a meeting with? Yeah, uh, another another lovely young lady that we got to just. You know, it was it was nice because, as Arwen said before, uh, you know, it's nice to get to talk shop with these people in a situation in which that presumption is not why you're spending time together. Exactly. So you get to kind of it's it's almost a meta conversation about the industry uh, because you're no longer talking on the basis of being a professional in that space. It's more like you get to kind of see the gripes and the groans and the, and the little like growing pains that occur. But also celebrate the the smaller accomplishments that happen every day at a con like that. Yeah, and, and it really was wonderful. We went out for ice cream afterwards. It was just one of those magical moments that we were sitting there. We had we actually had this moment. I remember. I'm glad you said that because we were all walking ba- uh, back from getting ice cream, and it's melting and running down. You know, everyone's hands and. It's this beautiful summer evening, and there's just music playing in the distance from the restaurants that we're passing, and no one has said a word for, like, a solid minute, and we're all just walking together and having a good time, and I can't even remember who was the first one to say it, but they were just like, I'm content. Yeah. And that's exactly what it felt like. Yeah. It was just this weird, it was like the eye of the storm, because this crazy convention is happening around us. We've had nothing but meetings all day long. It's everything we could do to sneak away to grab a pretzel at North Market. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. You know, like, just to get some food in our bodies so that we can keep, like, walking around the convention and not fall over dead. And it was just this nice little moment of peace and, like, enjoyment. Not that the whole thing wasn't enjoyable, but it just a different flavor of enjoyment. Yeah. Um, it was It was very serene. Yeah. It was like being a kid again. It was yeah, really cool. It really was. So... 
that was something that really brought us a lot of joy this weekend. And, uh, you know, that wasn't even the peak, I would say, of of our out-of-con interaction, I would, mm-hmm. I would call it, I guess. Uh, because uh, fast forward to Saturday night. Uh, <laughs> Saturday night was uh, unexpected, but also very, very welcome. Um, we had this... I guess, fortunate, uh, you know, run in with a lot of other people that we knew from the convention. And then they brought people that they knew, uh, which is kind of how green team happened last year at PAX, Mm -hmm. uh, and ended up being the highlight of PAX. We just start to accumulate as you walk through the con after hours, you start to accumulate people that you didn't necessarily know, but you are slowly getting to know because you're now playing games together and you're seeing them every day. Uh, and, and truly, we can now call friends because we, we spent time with them that night. Or in the case of, you know, we we got to hang out with Matt Hawker, who has been on the show multiple times now. And, you know, he brought along Joey and Dylan, who, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, now I would consider moving into that friend territory mm-hmm. as well. So, you know, you like you said, you just kind of get that accumulation of, of people that... Um, it's a motley crew it is. of just wonderful people there to just enjoy everything and just enjoy your time together. And it doesn't always necessarily need to, to culminate in like a, you know, a giant, um, I'm going to play a four hour game of something, although cartographers almost turned into four <laughs> hours. Um, but do you want to describe what what happened last night? Well, yeah, sure. I mean, it 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 was again. I mentioned it was unexpected because you know part of us we we met up with Matt and and his friends and we were like, oh yeah, like we just thought it was going to be the five of us hanging out. So we grabbed all the games we wanted and walked over to the table that we sat at the night before, um, which ended up being really fortunate because people had the wherewithal to remember where that table was and try to look there again because slowly but surely over the next hour or so while we were playing other games more and more people started to show up and then we get a text from Ray saying hey where are you are you playing games so Ray shows up and then Ray's friends from Wormwood show up and then you know the the folks from Dragon Shield eventually appear and all the while we're sitting there going we are so tired you know, some of us have to fly out the next morning. Some of us have just been on our feet or, you know, like making content for like four days straight. I mean, we are at our, we are at the end of our proverbial rope, but we all just don't want this to end. And it was just this like persistent, like pulse of energy that would just kind of bubble up every now and then. Uh, and we decided that the best way to include everyone uh, in this moment was to play cartographers because, as I mentioned earlier, it's only limited by the amount of people for whom you have paper and pencils. Um, and cartographers isn't a super involved game, so it was nice because we all kind of knew how to play it, uh, maybe except for Matt. Um, we yeah. all knew how to play it, and we all could figure it out without a whole lot of mental energy. Mm. So we start playing. And slowly but surely, things become frayed at the seams, let's say. (laughs) You know, my house rule for cartographers is that 
you must come up with a title. You can use your regular name if you want, but you must come up with a title. You have to come up with a name for your map, so like the location that you're mapping out, and you have to design heraldry on the little uh, shield above, above the map. And it doesn't have to be super complicated, but I think it's just a fun way to get things kind of moving a little bit, like flavor-wise. It just gets people into the game a little bit more. So, of course, I recommend that to everyone. And things start to fall apart at this point. Yes. Uh, because Matt, uh, dear Matt, uh, <laughs> somebody who I really feel I grew close to over this weekend in, in a very good way. How could you not? Uh, just a lovely person. Um, decides to dub himself one of quite possibly the funniest names. <laughs> <laughs> Arbitrarily, of course. Uh, so for the for the rest of the evening, he's known as Hamlord. Um, which itself spawned so many jokes that I just don't think I'll ever forget. Yep. And it's one of those things where it's probably not as funny to you, uh, you know, explaining it. So I won't go into much more detail, but it was just one of those really magical nights where every, every so often somebody would say something completely out of pocket and everybody's just so tired that you would think it was the funniest thing you had ever heard in your life because we all just start getting the giggles and everybody just starts ramping off of each other. It just... It was so fun, and it was extremely long. Yes. Longest, longest game of cartographers that I've ever played in my entire life. It's like, oh, wait, when did we flip another card? What do you mean I have to draw a monster here? Who draws a monster? How do you do that? And it's just like, we went over these rules. But you know what? We're just having so much fun, it doesn't even matter. Yeah. Yeah, and, and to cap it all off... Um, our good friend Justin Peters, you know, co-host of the show on occasion, uh, shows up. Um, you know, they they came down uh, with their uh, one-year-old and uh, Justin and his wife and their one-year-old come down and Justin comes back for this magical cartographer's game and he goes, I miss people. Because I didn't think that I'd ever say that, but I miss people. And that that really sums up like the whole experience. Yeah, I think so. It's it's really that stood out to me as like, yeah, that's that's again the whole reason why we do what we do. Yep. Why we go to conventions, you know, why we go and go and go and go and produce these podcasts and um, you know, go and uh, go out and, and play these games and try to deliver this content and put our bodies through five days of turmoil. You're welcome. <laughs> um, I've shortened my life by you know at least six months <laughs> based off of the it's past so five it. days, but it's, it's so, worth, so it. worth it. Um, and and really, the only we we had like a beer, or I think it was one beer at. Uh, the tavern, and then we had a flight and maybe another beer when we went to uh, Hufarden. Yep. And that was it. I mean, we didn't drink. It was just like constantly being on the go and just being being just genuinely punch drunk. It was it was just wild. So, um, as as we're wrapping this up because we have uh, eighteen minutes until home this flew by it really did uh we this need, is kind of fun yeah oh we need to do this uh coming back from from gen con maybe absolutely we'll see absolutely um 
so as as we're talking and and as we're wrapping up uh, a couple more things i did want to mention we did uh get the opportunity to um, meet up with jeff Sorensen and zach and uh, the crew from tabletop gamers and we actually impromptu uh wound up hosting uh three panels yeah three panels total we, we were panelists on three panels. Yep. Two Gender 101 panels and one Ally 101 panel. Yeah. Which which were amazing. Yeah, and they, were. they we really had some good discussion. We had some great questions. Uh, you know, people were there to develop understanding and really try to, to get to know, like, exactly what we go through and, and what our thoughts are. Um, on some particularly um, relevant, you know, recent topics um, that have been going on in our lives related to legislation uh, around trans women in sports and, uh, you know, affirming medicine for youth and things like that. Um, there were some questions revolving around that. There were some questions revolving around, hey, how much do I have to do to be an ally? How much, you know, support do you need? and uh, what's the best way of going through and, and doing that. So I think we, we might be doing the same thing at, at Gen Con as well. We'll see. Um, but those were a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed that. I, I think, uh, you know, we, we took three hours out of the day, and I think that it was worth it uh, to provide that education. And, Absolutely. And, um, you know, provide that good visibility. I, I've always said that I think one of the best things that we can do is provide a good, you know, uh, visible face uh, that somebody can relate to, a human face um, that, like you said, and, and I think really sums it up very well, demystifies the the whole trans experience. Yep. Um, you know, and, and really kind of... Uh, Okay, I need to stop crossing lines here. Um, you know, just just basically demystifies it and and gives it a little bit more visibility. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure I'm forgetting some things that happened. Um, we really love the hotel. We really, um, I, I was so happy that we were so close um, because we we wound up right across the street from where everything was happening. So I don't think we could have had a better location at all. Um, maybe at the at the Hyatt, because you're inside, and it would have been a lot easier to facilitate the math trade if it was just downstairs that we didn't know it was going to be. But um, we'll have to yeah. get ourselves one of those uh, squeaky wagons to, to oh carry everything. Oh, my God. Okay, this woman had this, like, ridiculously squeaky wagon that desperately needed WD-40. Um, and, like, you have these giant halls that you're in. Um, and the gaming area was in, in Hall C. And the vendors were in A and B. And this woman is taking this uh, wagon of games um, and, and basically carting it from the back where all the all the gaming tables were on uh, the main gaming area 
and carting it all the way to the front. Um, which these halls don't do much to dampen sound. Would you would you go would you agree that it's like a maybe a quarter mile wide? Yeah. And yeah. so she's dragging this squeaky squeaky wagon from the back of the con to the front of the con. And every rotation of the tires it squeaks so loud. And it just never sounds like it's ever getting further away. Right. It just perpetually sounds like it's directly next to your ear. And again, we're all laughing our asses off already. Uh, only to be, you know, continuously bombarded by this squeaky wheel. And and we're sitting there and we're like, it. she had to left the hall by now. Like, she needed to, like, there's no way that she's still in the hall. And it just kept happening, so it was it was just wild. Um, but we also loved Clifford from the hotel. He was yeah. wonderful. Uh, anytime we left, he was a delightful gentleman that said, you know, now you ladies make sure to go out there and claim it today. And I think that's exactly what we did we, this, we definitely, this we, weekend. We claimed it every day. We claimed it every so thank single you. day. Thank you, Clifford, for starting every single one of our days off with that energy. Yeah. That was that was much needed energy, especially at, you know, eight o'clock in the morning when you wanted nothing more than to desperately get a cup of coffee and a bagel <laughs> or a muffin or something to get into your stomach so that you had some sort of fuel to go off of. So You mean other than like cough drops? Other than cough drops, uh, you know, the the cubic uh uh, morsels of goodness uh, that were that were cough drops, which really saved us oh during God. the convention because we have talked so much uh, to so many great people, and um, I think we've we've made some really great relationships. Um, you know, to to continue bringing you some amazing content, and I know that my focus has definitely been reinvigorated. The past couple of months have been a little bit difficult uh to to keep on schedule and keep that focus a lot going on both in you know personal and and public life as well um you know with the legislation that's going on there's there's just a lot of mental dream that i think is is going on in the community right now so having that uh ability to go to origins and kind of rejuvenate refresh and have that um space where we were safe um, as we were talking about earlier uh, it is incredibly important and, and just I think really got us going again. It's so, a great, way, great reminder that no matter what's happening at that level there are always people who have our backs and for that we really can't thank you enough whether it's someone who listens to the show or someone that we mentioned that we spent time with this weekend it's really just a matter of feeling human. As, yeah. as pathetic as that sounds, the bare minimum, as it may seem, but like genuinely, when you're when you're uh, when you're kind of being assaulted on all sides, legislatively speaking, it's really really nice just to be treated normal, so you can kind of get away from it all for a little bit. Yeah, and that's at the end of the day how I think everybody would want to be treated. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you think about it from a perspective of 
if I were in this situation, how would I want to be treated? Right. right. And um, it, I think it's not that hard to figure out. So it's it, a, it's a perfect microcosm of what the world could look like. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly it. So nine minutes to go. I've got to ask. Um, game of the convention for you. I'm gonna let you start, Jamie. I'm gonna steal yours. I'm Damn gonna it. steal yours. Damn it. Uh, no, I won't steal yours. You, my you can game, steal it. It's my fun. game, actually, my game of the convention. I guess if we're if we're talking about games that I'm most excited to to try, uh, I really am excited to try Upper and Cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, Same. I also grabbed uh, Intro Quest for Fate of the Norns, which is a, a Viking themed RPG that uses runes instead of dice. So you draw runes out of a bag instead of rolling a die to activate your abilities. Uh, It also has a really cool uh, kind of proprietary uh, social combat mechanic that sounds really great. And I'm hoping that it goes over well with my group because there's so much more there. Um, And I cannot remember Andrew's last name, but he took a lot of this uh, historical... Um, literature from from you know Norse culture and translated it himself and got the prose edda illuminated uh, which is another thing I picked up and so it's just got this really rich history and this beautiful uh, artwork that accompanies it uh, and so the whole thing just has a lot of life and uh, just this really beautiful foundation so I'm really hoping that goes over well because then that means there's far more where that came from. Is Tim Hortons open? <laughs> it doesn't look like it. Damn. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that one, too, because I, I just... We saw them at the first look. Or I think it was the Speed Networking. Mm-hmm. And that artwork is absolutely... Oh, you're just blown away. Gorgeous. It's wild. Um, and I, I think a lot of care and dedication was was taken in, in making a fantastic product. So I'm interested to hear what you think about that. Um, I think for me, as far as the games that I'm looking forward to most, I'm definitely looking forward to Burn Cycle. I am looking forward to Septima. Um, this was an amazing game that actually Allie... Um, messaged me and she said have you heard of this and I said no and I well we have now <laughs> looked at it and yeah she's she's like well you know just keep your eye on it and, and see so I saw that it was a Kickstarter release and then I saw that they were doing demos and wow this like what were we three turns in I think we maybe got four turns in before we we kind of had to go and say goodbyes to everybody um this game is an absolute must-back for me. Um, it's gorgeous artwork, um, amazing theme, really cool mechanics. Um, you know, it, and it's hard for me to describe right now, but uh, I probably will talk about it on the next episode. Um, just really looking forward to that. The the Kickstarter is going to be going uh, live on Thursday. If you're listening to this as it drops, and uh, yeah, I am, I am absolutely in. Uh, Roberto asked if I had tried it, and I said nope. So I 
had to go over and he says, look, you need to at least play one game, Arwen. You know, just take some time to yourself. He said, don't get burnt out and, and go try something. And that's what I needed to try. And I'm, I'm all in on this one. Um, and, and then uh, Shamans as well. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, Matt showed us Shamans, and it was a game that uh, Justin had tried to show to me before, and we finally got it out to the table. And wow, is that unique. It really, truly is. And that's a Studio H release, and, um, you know, it's a it's basically a, a sister producer to uh, Hachette. So, um, yeah, that was... That was a really, really cool game. Uh, you know, trick-taking, social deduction, like I said. And, and wow, um, it's definitely going to be a pickup for me as well. So, you guys have a lot of good content on the way. Um, lots of exciting surprises, too. Lots of surprises that are going to be happening soon. So, uh, again, don't want to divulge that. You, we've got to save something for you, but... Um, I, I'm really excited about what we're going to be able to develop with you um, or for you over the next uh, next several months. And uh, Gen Con, as of this recording, I believe is 52 days away. It's going to be a mad dash to Gen Con. So we're going to get organized. Uh, I believe we're going to try to... Um, to, to maybe get some video content going uh, finally, fingers crossed because uh, you can't see Jamie in the car <laughs> um, but yeah, you've been riding along with us this entire car ride uh, back from uh, back from Columbus with us and it's pretty, been pretty much as we left the con yeah um, and as hot as the hot takes get yeah, and I'm glad that we were able to share this with you. Um, you know, it, please, um, you know, let us know if you were at the con, what your favorite moments were. Um, I Again, I'm sure I miss people, but uh, yeah, just a magical, magical time. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, uh, check us out on Twitter. Uh, at cardboard underscore time. Uh, same thing on Instagram. Uh, the webpage is cardboardtime.com, anchor.fm slash cardboardtime. Of course, you already know that. You're listening to this. Um, also, Spotify. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's been that's been it. Jamie, you want to throw your socials out? Sure, sure. I'm Jamie Daggers on just about anything. Uh, the only other, the only exception is on Twitter. It's Jamie underscore Daggers. But otherwise, I'm at Jamie Daggers on Twitch, on Instagram. I do my weekly uh, uh, mini painting stream on Thursdays. And uh, yeah, I, 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 I would tell you my shop's uh, um, website, but we're not selling anything right now. So <laughs> <laughs> won't help you to have it. Exactly. Well, Jamie, thanks for riding along with us. Thanks to listeners. Beats walking. Yeah, well, that's very true. That would have been a long, long walk. Um, so, everybody, again, thanks so much for listening. And we'll see you in another two weeks for another episode of Cardboard Time. Happy gaming. <laughs>